But 2015, became a millionaire, did $2.3 million in business. 2016, we did $800,000 in the business. Now, why, Darnielle? Why did you drop so substantially? You've heard me share the story. It was everything Biggie said it was going to be. It was more money and it was more problems. And I was working myself crazy. I was willing to give it all back. And I gave most of it back in order to find harmony in my work and to not feel like I was a super slave. I had just gotten back with my now husband and I wanted a life. I didn't just want to be my business. And so because I hated it so much, I canceled a lot of my clients and I really started to do some internal work to get into alignment to figure out what I really wanted my business to be. You're listening to the Move to Millions podcast with Dr. Darnell Jervy Harmon, the place to be for high-level conversations about all things millions. Your mission, mindset, methodologies, mandate, movement, messaging, marketing, metrics, and most definitely your money. I am your host, spiritual business growth coach, Dr. Darnell J. Harmon. Join me each week for inspiring stories, powerful interviews, and business growth strategy to help you experience abundance in your life because of your business. If you're ready to move to your next level everything, let's get this party started. episode is powered by the Move to Millions group on Facebook. If you are a millions-minded entrepreneur and you are looking for your people, join us right now at movetomillionsgroup.com. Hey, y'all. I'm so excited to be back with you. In our last episode, I was giving you the breakdown and the debrief on the first ever Move to Millions live event. Shout out to everybody who was there. Thank you so much for making that an amazing experience. And while I was giving you the breakdown, I realized that there were some other things I wanted to come back in separate episodes to talk to you about. So in this episode, I wanna talk to you about my own Move to Millions story. I realized I haven't shared it with you. And I think I forget often that you don't know my whole story, right? Depending upon when we met, And how we met is going to determine how much you know. Today, you know, I sit before you, you're hearing my voice. I am a millionaire. I am a multi-million dollar CEO. And it wasn't always this way, right? And you've heard me on various episodes of the podcast, or if you've heard me speak, or if you heard me on other people's podcasts, you've heard me unpack parts of my story. And so what I want to do now is I want to unpack the whole story for you just so that you know my own move to millions journey, right? We're not going to go all the way back to the beginning because I have talked to you before about being born to drug addicted parents, right? We've talked about that. You know that I'm the only one of my mom's children to graduate from high school, go to college, get a degree, a master's, and now I have an honorary PhD. You know that, right? You even know that... I uh, filed bankruptcy and all of these different things, but I want to put it together for you. I want to bring it full circle. And let me just start before I even get into my move to million story and how I got here. I want to talk to you about the things that I decided to leave behind in order to do this work to make this move. Number one, I decided to leave behind doubt. Doubt never serves you. There is no reason to doubt who you are because of who created you. 
I had to leave behind fear, right? Fear has one mission in my mind. Fear's purpose is to give me an indication that my next level is present. And so I decided to see fear as that instead of a reason to stop, right? I decided to leave behind my toxic friends and family who couldn't imagine life at the next level. I don't have time and space for people who don't see their value and their deserve level to get to where it is that they want. I am personally of the belief that if we are here, we should be experiencing life to the full. I decided to leave behind a lack of focus and really get clear and drill down on my area of brilliance and expertise and how I could serve people. And I decided to leave behind a lack of effort. I decided that I was going to show up fully and I was going to do the work. I wasn't going to hustle and grind to do the work, but I was going to be willing to work and work to the full in order to get the result. And the result for me is the impact on the lives of others, because I know that if I'm impacting others, the money's coming, the money's following. And so I'm going to start this version of the story on December the 17th, 2004. That was the day that I call my Keith Sweat moment. You know the song, something, 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 something just staying right. Yeah, don't, I'm not quitting my day job. But Keith Sweat's got that song and I woke up that morning and something just wasn't right. There was an unction in my spirit. Have you ever felt this? I knew from the moment that I got up that something defining, something pivotal, something transformational was going to happen that day. I continued through my day of doing my prayer and my devotions, getting dressed, jumping in my car, heading to work. And by the time I got to the parking lot, I had a knot in the pit of my stomach. By the time I got in the building, hit the elevator, went to the second floor, opened the double doors into my area of the building, that knot in my stomach had become a lump in my throat. And it became very clear to me that December the 17th, 2004 was going to be my last day working in corporate America. I had no idea what I was going to do in case that's what you're wondering. No clue. But I was willing to bet on Darnielle Antoinette. At that particular point in time, I wasn't married yet. And I was willing to bet on me. And I also knew that if it didn't work, I could get a job. And so while I was trying to figure out what I was going to do, I decided to work my Mary Kay Cosmetics business. I had my my Mary Kay business was a side hustle. At the time, I was making a little bit of extra money. I decided I would just work that full time. I had become a sales director in Mary Kay. And so I decided I would just focus. I would focus in on following the system. And that system led me to my first pink Cadillac in five months. You probably know this part of the story. So we'll fast forward a little, right? So pink Cadillac in five months, a year later, number five in my national area, number one most improved director in the state of Delaware on the trajectory to become a national sales director. That buzz continued into 2007. 2007, we were finishing our second pink Cadillac, September 30th. It was the hardest thing I had ever done. And I've always believed that when God gives you something, it won't need batteries. But here I was struggling to finish my second pink Cadillac. And we did it. But I really felt I compromised myself in the process. And I also realized very quickly that I wasn't willing to show up that hard for someone else without all of the benefit. So here's how it works in Mary Kay in the event that you don't know. So the beauty consultants get a 50% commission because we buy our products at wholesale, we sell them at retail. When you are in leadership in Mary Kay, you earn additional commission based on the sales 
and orders of your beauty consultant. So as a sales director, anyone I personally recruited, I would earn 26% of 13% for them being my personal recruit, 13% of them being in my unit. Everyone else I'd earn 13% for the unit. Our unit had to do 60,000 wholesale to finish that pink Cadillac. And yes, let's sidebar for a second and just talk about the fact that I could go and buy a a Cadillac and get it painted pink for $60,000, right? But anyway, we did the work. We achieved the Cadillac. 60,000 wholesale was the equivalent to 120,000 in retail. When I got my commission check the next month, it was only for $16,000. Now, I get it. You're like, only Darnielle, I would kill to have $16,000 come in. But when you do $120,000 worth of effort, you don't want $16,000 to show for it. And that was the day I realized that was September the 30th, 2007. That was the day that I realized that I had done it again. I call this my Britney Spears moment. You know her song, oops, I did it again, right? I did it again. I traded one desk for another. I had left corporate America in 2004 because I wasn't meant to sit behind someone else's desk. But here I was just three years later, sitting behind a proverbial Mary Kay cosmetics desk. Now, yeah, I fed into the belief that it was an, I was an independent beauty consultant and I could determine my own potential, except you still only get paid what they deem you to be worth, which at that point in time was a maximum of 50% of your own sales and 26% of someone else's. Yeah, no, I decided I wanted all of mine, just like Lorenz Tate and Love Jones. I didn't want mine to be saved till later. I want it right then. And so I decided on September 30th, 2007, that I needed to figure out what I was truly supposed to do. And so I went to bed that night, praying to God, God, show me what you have next for me. And in my dream, I was walking into a building that had a marquee that read Incredible One Enterprises. That vision has expanded, but I'm, that's not what I'm here to talk about today. October the 1st, 2007, I started What is today Incredible One Enterprises, but it was the very first iteration where I was just a motivational speaker. All I did was get myself booked to speak. Yeah, that was harder than we thought. (laughs) I did get some bookings, but it was hard to get people to pay me enough to live the way that I had become accustomed to living because I made six figures in corporate. I made six figures in Mary Kay. And here I was with my own ground up business, not making six figures and the money I had in savings quickly ran out so much so that by December 1st, 2008, I had taken a job. Remember, I said that when I left corporate America, that if it didn't work, it would be okay. I would just go and get a job. (laughs) Yeah, well, it didn't work. (laughs) It wasn't entirely okay, but I did what I had to do. So I took a job, but I didn't go back to corporate America because I wanted a job that would give me some autonomy and the ability to figure out what I had done wrong so that I could course correct. See, I believe that failure is feedback and I didn't fail I just needed more feedback. I needed more data in order to produce a business that would serve me financially and spiritually. So from December the 1st, 2008 until December the 17th or 19th, 2010, I worked a job. I was the program director for the Center for Women's Entrepreneurship at the YWCA here in Delaware. The cool thing about this job, and this had to be God, is that I got to learn the things that I didn't know about ground up business because a big part of the reason why I failed the first time failed to make enough money to sustain myself because I didn't know what I didn't know and you don't know what you don't know either. So taking that job got me to learn some of the things that I didn't know. And I also decided while I was working that job to hire my first business coach. I needed someone to direct my efforts to help me to do what it is that I needed to do. So December 1st, I took the job. January 24th of 2009, I held my first live event. 
I got 250 people there because I was very successful in Mary Kay. Now, don't get it too excited. The tickets were only $25. All I had to sell was my book, which is $14.95. I didn't make very much money. I made like $400. It was part of the reason why I was back at work. I had a job during this point in time. Most people didn't know I was working though, because it was nobody's business but my own, right? But I was working just to be able to have a house, a place to live, and a car to drive, because my salary at my job at the Women's Business Center wasn't very much. Now, that first year, 2009, working the job, also working my business part-time, I made $88,000 that year. That was my combined income between my job and my business. And this was me still eating ramen noodles and peanut butter and jelly. Go back to episode number three, ramen noodles and a dream, if you want to hear that part of the story. Now, October the 10th, 2010, that is when my bankruptcy that I finally got the courage to file was discharged. I think discharge is the right word. I was free. I was financially free. I was still working the job. I didn't really have a lot to show for it, but I was no longer in you know, I was just, my bankruptcy was discharged. Now it would follow me for the next seven years, but that's okay. I started reestablishing right away. It was also the day that I submitted my letter of resignation from the job I had been working for two years. I gave them till the end of the year. So my last day was going to be December the 17th or December the 19th, whatever that last Friday, two weeks left in the, in the month to go. I was going to take my vacation all at the end. January 1st, I was going to start my business. So I put in my letter of resignation. My bankruptcy was discharged. Now, in 2010 in my business, I think I did just shy of $100,000. I was still working the job. January 1st, 2011 was my first day full-time. And that year, we produced two live events, and we made $145,000, almost $146,000 that year. So I did it. I was a six-figure business. This is when I thought that six figures was the holy grail back in 2011, right? We now know differently. 2012, we did 275-ish thousand dollars, a little bit shy of $275,000 in 2012. 2013, we doubled again. We did 569, almost $570,000 in cash in 2013. 2014 was the year it all changed, right? That was the year we did $1.3 million in three days at our live event and things began to change. We ended 2014 with $1.8 million, almost $1.9 million in income. 2015, we did $2.3 million and I became a millionaire through my assets. Because you know, a millionaire is based on your assets adding up to $1 million. Your business, you could be a million dollar CEO when your business gross receipts are a million dollars. But we know that in a business that is earning a million dollars, you're not keeping it. You're not keeping a million dollars because you have expenses in order to make that million dollars. But 2015, became a millionaire, did $2.3 million in business. 2016, we did $800,000 in the business. Now, why, Darnielle? Why did you drop so substantially? You've heard me share the story. It was everything Biggie said it was going to be. It was more money and it was more problems. And I was working myself crazy. I was willing to give it all back. And I gave most of it back in order to find harmony in my work and to not feel like I was a super slave. I had just gotten back with my now husband and I wanted a life. I didn't just want to be my business. And so because I hated it so much, I canceled a lot of my clients. 
And I really started to do some internal work to get into alignment to figure out what I really wanted my business to be. That was 2016. Now, when I taught this, when I did this at my event, I skipped 2017 and 2018. But I'm going to tell you guys, 2017 and 2018 were years that were less than $800,000. They were less. We went all the way back down to about a half a million dollars. And then we started climbing back up. Why? Because I stopped chasing the number. It became less and less about making a specific number and more and more about being in alignment with my creator and doing work that made my heart sing. And so that became my focus. That became my impetus. Now, in 2019, we were back on the climb because now I'm in alignment. I'm very clear about who I am. If you recall, 2019 was the year God gave me next level everything. That's when we were starting to do the work on the docu-series. We did $959,000 that year. 2020, we went back over the million dollar mark. This time, I loved everything about it. I had a business that served me. I was not a super slave to my business. I had the right team and we were still building out, but I was excited about every part of my life and my business the second time we crossed the million dollar mark, this time for keeps. And then in 2021, we did it. Two, we did $2 million. We doubled from 2020. And it is only up from there. At the time of the recording of this episode, we have already done a million dollars this year in our business. And we're inside of a launch for our live event, which will produce another million dollars. So we will have done all of what we did in 2021 by the end of June of 2022. Why am I telling you this? Not only so you understand my own journey, because I didn't start like this. I didn't wake up like this. It's been an evolution. It's been a journey. It's been me becoming this version of myself, the version of myself that is fully surrendered, the version of myself who is crystal clear who she is, the version of myself that is extremely confident in her abilities to shake the planet, the version of myself that is less concerned about what other people think of me and only concerned about God getting the glory, the version of myself that is interested in impacting the lives of others that they might experience the abundance for which Christ gave his life. That is why our business has continued to grow. I call the million dollar winning formula, surrender, alignment, and forgiveness. Surrender, alignment, and forgiveness. Let me say it one more time. Surrender, alignment, or forgiveness. And sometimes it's alignment, surrender, and forgiveness, right? But those three together are the reason that we have a multiple million dollar company, an award-winning team. I am a multi-millionaire creating a legacy for the babies I don't even have yet. Starting my foundation this year, we're gonna start the Incredible Factor Foundation, whose impetus will be teaching entrepreneurship to the children of incarcerated parents so that they have an alternative to following in their family's footsteps. I get to do this work, y'all, because I am in alignment. I am fully surrendered. I'm detached from any and all outcomes except for the ones where you might be edified and God would be glorified. That is it. And I am building an amazing team to support me to do this work. It's like the moment in waiting to exhale or no, let's even go to why did I get married? It's the moment at the end 
when they're all together for Patricia's award and Jill Scott's character, I forget her name, comes in and she's married Lamont Rucker and she's telling the story and she just goes, ah, she just takes that breath. Y'all, that's just taking the breath. And so how I got here is by moving to some specific mindsets, right? Moving into the belief that I am worthy and I am created in God's image and likeness. Moving into the belief that God desires wealth for me. Moving into the belief that I am the answer people are seeking. Moving into the realization that I had to stop thinking like someone's employee and start thinking like a CEO. Moving into the mindset that I didn't have to work hard for money because financial success or any kind of success is not tied to hard work. It is tied to alignment of thought. There is that word again. I moved to finding the shortcut. Six and seven figure earners do not reinvent the wheel. We find a system that is working. We adapt it to work for us and we work it. And that is what I've been committed to doing as well as I've been committed to working on my whole self, becoming a better leader, becoming a better person, a better wife, a better servant, a better CEO, better in every way, because I want this change to last. Because here's what I know. I know that it's time to move. It's time that you move into alignment and seeing yourself the way that God has always seen you. It's time that you move into your abundant birthright. It is time that you move into confidently articulating who you are and why no one does what you do better. It's time to move into a streamlined high-end brand. And it is time to move into earning more without sacrificing your family, your freedom, or your fun. In case you were wondering, This is how I got here. This is my move to million story. This is what has happened over the years that has led me to this day, this day that I'm so proud to be a part of, this day where I've decided to do my best to normalize wealth and legacy in the lives of entrepreneurs, that entrepreneurship is a vehicle that God created to transfer wealth. And I couldn't be more excited to be here. And I wanna welcome you. It's given me so much joy to share this Move to Millions story journey with you. I'll talk about it more, you know, in my book that's forthcoming, in the docu-series that's forthcoming. Listen, you know, you already know, everything out of my mouth is about moving to millions because it's a journey and who you become on the journey. And my desire is that you become all that God saw you to be before you were formed in your mother's womb. I'll see you guys next time. Take care. Thank you for joining me for the Move to Millions podcast. If after listening to this episode, you're ready to stop playing and praying small, you should go grab my Plan for Millions bundle. One thing I know for sure is that before you can make the move, you've got to have the plan. If you enjoyed our time together, do yourself a favor, head on over to iTunes, subscribe, rate, and leave us a review. Until next time, remember, millions are your birthright. And to access them, all you have to do is move. Take care.